The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. Hey, this is Rami. I'm on my way to see another friend of mine, Amy McIntyre. She and her husband, John, run kind of an urban farm inside the city of Pontiac. Their business is called City Girls Soap because they make soap and lotions from the goat's milk. It's super cool and really fun. I met her about a year and a half ago. Our firm was hired to do an assessment on her business because she was uh, going to be presenting in front of some investment funders potentially. And so now I'm actually headed back there to update those financials because again, she's got the opportunity to get in front of some new investors that want to help her expand for next week. So that's the purpose of my visit, but I've asked her permission, if we have time, could we um, maybe get her to sit down and tell us more of this really fun story? And I know she wants me to meet her new baby goats, so I learned an important lesson last time. I've got long pants on today instead of a dress. Uh, That was a huge ignorance mistake on my part. (laughs) (laughs) because I, of course, have never met goats in person. So problem solved, and I'm, I'm heading on in there right now. I'm sitting here with Amy. We just had a chance to see her baby goats. So cute. We captured some video that we'll put on our Bonfires of Social Enterprise Facebook page. So, Amy, thank you for sitting down with me. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> we were just laughing about a story that you had this morning. You said you had had a couple stressful days and a stressful night, and you decided to get up here and come here this morning. What happened this morning? I decided after a really bad night of insomnia that um, we currently have an internship program going, and I needed to start my days alone with my goats and just kind of recenter in the pasture before I jump into what I do. So I came up and milked, which is just all about snuggling. And then I went out and sat on a wall and had baby goats climb all over me for about 30 minutes and laughed. And I couldn't think of a better way to start my day. For those of you who haven't been around goats, they're so cute. And they hop and bounce and jump all over everything. So she's got a great little play field out here for them to have some fun with. So... Let's go back. I'm going to have you tell the story about how this all came to be, that you started to make soaps and considering goat milk in general. I want to say at least six or seven years ago, our daughter was struggling with lactose intolerance, and we had read in a magazine about um, making goat's milk ice cream. So my husband and I said, well, let's buy a share of goat's milk. We decided to make the bitty some ice cream out of goat's milk, and um, it was really hard. And it tasted okay, but then we said, now we have this milk. What can we do with it? And John and I really want to work together someday. So we thought of starting an urban dairy um, where we could make product using, um, in conjunction with other urban farms in the area. And at that time, we were thinking the city of Detroit. So we got an MSU product center advisor and pretty much found out an urban dairy is very cost prohibitive to start. Um, So we said, well, what else can we make with this milk we have? And we made our first batch of soap and gave away everything we made for our first year to friends and family to get honest feedback. And then working with MSU, um, decided we were ready with our marketing and our packaging and went live in 2012 and got picked up by three grocery stores. How long did that that cycle take when you were testing that 
the concept of the soap. We made everything and gave it away for a good 10 months. We probably gave away at least 300 bars of soap a month, maybe, maybe a little bit less. But we just passed it out. We started selling a little bit at an um, organization in Detroit called Recycle Here. And it was just boots on the ground, getting the word out about what we were doing. We gave a discounted price, and it was pretty much try our soap, give us your feedback. And it was selling there that we knew we were onto something that nobody else was doing. So I love the soap. You, you know I'm a customer. I do. <laughs> I love the soap. It's so good for your skin. And uh, I bought it for a bunch of my friends last Christmas. Remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really, really good. How did then did you move into your lotion? You know what? We are on track to, we really want to, the end game is to start an urban dairy but it's gonna have everything. It's gonna be the food, it's gonna be the soap. Um, we're gonna use the goats and the goat's milk for as much as we can. And knowing how good the soap was, we found a recipe and said, let's try lotion and see how hard it is to make and what's in it. Um, and again, made it, gave it away got feedback everything we make our family only uses so we test on ourselves first and then we did have it tested by a um, lab for everything you need to have a body lotion tested for and it came back with really good numbers and so we started test marketing and selling a little bit at market and now we have a whole other revenue stream with our lotion what are the um, popular scents for the soaps and the lotion? What do you think are the most popular? And maybe would you mind giving us all your scents if you, if you can <laughs> think of it off the top of your head? <laughs> I would say our most popular scents, and I'm looking around at our racks of soaps. The first scent we ever made was called Morning Sun, and it's geranium, lemon, and orange. And that's probably one of our top sellers um, and then our answer to people who were asking for patchouli was to make soaps with clove in it. So we make an orange clove and then a vanilla clove, and the vanilla clove has vanilla bean paste in it. Anything citrusy, lemon, lavender, grapefruit, um, our oatmeal honey. We're getting honey from a Detroit beekeeper named Mark Covington. We're also building economy by buying honey from him. And then... Right now for the lotions, we're pretty much only making it in three scents, and we'll do lavender, lemon, orange, and then an earth scent, which is a combination of bergamot bay and cedar, and that's our musky scent. Um, and those are our top sellers. They smell so good, by the way, for everyone. You're going to have to try some of Amy's lotion, uh, <laughs> lotion and the soaps. So let's keep going with where you were headed with the urban dairy. What's the process to become a full urban dairy as you know it at this moment. Right. A year ago this month, we actually moved our goat out of Detroit and came to Pontiac where there was an opportunity for us to be able to expand our herd of goats from one to three and we could move our production space. We had run out of room in our home. Um, and then we had pasture available here and Pontiac as a city which has also seen some pretty dire times and is need of people who are willing to invest in its regrowth, for lack of a better word. And they've been very supportive of us. So once we knew where we were and there was room for growth, our next steps are to um, contact the state of Michigan 
dairy department and have them come out and literally just say, this is what we want to do. What do we need to do to do it right the first time? After our does had their babies, we'll now get about between 12 and 15 pounds of milk a day. Um, Mm -hmm. We're thinking about possibly buying a third doe who's giving milk um, to expand that, and then we'll breed them again this fall, and then we'll breed the babies we have now. We can't breed them until next year because it's too taxing on their bodies, which is why we're thinking of buying an additional doe this summer. We've just purchased three and a half acres of land that's right next to where we are um, in a partnership with the gentleman who owns where we here at Goldner Walsh, and that gives us the ability to expand. Before we move uh, into social mission, I know from you that goats can be very helpful to help keep land uh, mode. Goats are very good at brush control. They're not actually going to keep your grass down. That, that's better left to sheep, <laughs> which we thought about getting a couple because it's hard to stop. <laughs> but um, goats, what we have over there is, is the three and a half acres we just bought is pretty much three and a half acres of land that has not been touched in 25 years and it's dumped on and there are all sorts of boilers over there and bathroom fixtures and what have you. So what we'll do is we'll isolate the safest place to put the goats and put up some electric fencing and I would love to do a time-lapse video to show you know here are my goats this is what it looked like when they started and a week later this is what it looks like now and what they'll ideally create is taking the land back to um, what's considered like a midwest savanna so a really lovely tree canopy but with open dappled sunlight space below what did you call that a midwest savannah Savannah? yeah very interesting okay yeah Yeah. so side use of of goats in the city right (laughs) additional (laughs) revenue stream so let's stay on the product for just a minute more and last year when i was here you had gone you had come way out of the concept phase and you were active selling the soaps and making the soaps and we went through this big exercise. Do you remember going through the exercise of what the price per unit, profit uh-huh. per unit? Wow, it was sort of painful. Yeah. <laughs> that, that really drove into which products were um, profitable and not. Because, you know, if you haven't started something like this before, it's one thing to make uh, sure that your potential customers, that you've got a, what I call a minimally viable product, mm-hmm. that they're going to buy it and there's a customer base, but then the whole another element that comes on. So Henry just joined us, Henry Rowe, uh, as one of the summer interns here. He's sponsored by the United Way. And what's the name of your high school that you just graduated from? Pontiac High School International Technology Academy. Well, it sounds super smart. <laughs> I am suddenly impressed. (laughs) Well, welcome. We're going to have you join in the interview here. (laughs) All right. Okay, good. (laughs) We put him on the spot here. So (laughs) he just joined up. Are you working here this afternoon? Um, Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, great. Great to have you. So um, we were just asking Amy about um, the next phase after you test your product out and make sure you've got customers for it, is trying to make sure that there's a profit margin. That's the whole other phase that sometimes we don't want to talk about, but that's what makes all the other goodness happen out of it. It keeps the business going, helps you expand, but transitions me into the next thing about delivering a social mission. Mm -hmm. And 
So let's let's go there. You you and I uh, were trying to define a little bit a measurement index for that last year because one of the passions you expressed last year was expose some of the city youth to goats and other animals that they really wouldn't have a chance to be around and engage with. And last year it was my very first time being around a goat. It doesn't have everyone doesn't have access to it. So let's talk about the social mission and what's on your heart these days. Knowing when we wanted to go into this business and while we want to see us succeed and we want it to be able to be our main source of income at some point, we also had in the past um, participated in urban farming in Detroit. And one thing that impacted me um, when we were growing fresh fruits and vegetables for these kids in this particular neighborhood is that we went through the whole process of a worm is good and doesn't need to be killed, and there are good bugs and bad bugs. And knowing where your food comes from or where what you put on your body comes from is so far removed from our generation of youth right now, whether it's urban or suburban. You know, there is the thought that the lettuce comes from the grocery store, and it doesn't. It comes from a farmer. So it kind of impacted us that there was a young man who had been a part of the garden where I was farming at, and he had kind of a tough situation at home, and he would come, and he found great solace in weeding. And it was pretty much beating up the ground, but it helped him, um, and I lost track of him. And I never forgot that, because I didn't know what happened to him. And I thought, had we stayed in touch, perhaps it could have made an impact. I don't know. So then that kind of fed into John and I wanted to, wherever we landed, and wherever we put down our roots for City Girl Soap, we wanted to make sure that the youth in the community saw what could come from an urban farm, um, that it is a viable product, it is a viable business. We don't know what kid could be the urban vet that we all need. I mean, I have a a vet who comes in from 15 miles, and we're very much not his norm, Um, and it was hard to find him. And so by exposing these young kids to a growing, viable business that just happens to have its feet in agriculture and the science and the social interaction and everything that comes with a small business, just don't know what kind of impact we'll have on lives or how they'll think about their future and what they would like to do. What age group do you target to bring around the shop? Right now at this time, we have an internship program going with the United Way. They fully funded us to do two interns every month for the next six months. And so we targeted high school. So 15 to 18 right now. Eventually, as our business continues to grow and we have the ability to handle it without overtaxing ourselves, we would love to bring in younger kids to get them started early, meeting livestock, being comfortable with things that you don't see every day, and pretty much having it become their norm. How, how long have you been here? I've been here um, a week or two. This okay. is my um, second week. Why don't you tell us one of the things that surprised you so far? I've been surprised by the product that you can, that you can produce from goat, goat milk, that you can, the, um, diff- the whole process basically of how it started and how it began. Yeah. And I'm, I'm amazed that 
it's really that this much has been produced by just a base of goat milk. And Isn't that amazing? You yeah. think, gosh, here's something that's naturally coming out that you don't think of, oh boy, that's going to get made into soap. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, it also is efficient and it works, it works awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. And now, have you already started to learn about how the soap is made? Yes. Um, I believe yesterday we made soap and it's maybe a two hour process. But overall, I have fun doing it and um, smelling the flavors, the different combinations of the mixtures, and I learned a lot. Yeah, it smells so good in here. <laughs> For the listeners, it <laughs> smells amazing. It really is. And it really, this is one of those, what I call a maker environment. That's a term that everybody's using right now. Making things with your hands is really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the products. Okay, your truth of the moment, what's sort of your big vision of what you'd like to see? I know what it is. I don't even have to pause. We would love to eventually um, raise a historic Michigan barn. Barns used to be the center of the community. It was a gathering place. Um, I would love to see us put up a barn that would be an expansion of our dairy. It would be where our product would be made, our goats would be kept, but it would also be a place for the community to gather. That's what we're going to do. And then eventually move into this urban farm, right? So in tandem. That's pretty neat. You're already selling your product at quite a few places. Yes. (laughs) Um, You can order from us at www.citygirlssoap.com. And we're sold locally here in Michigan at Westbourne Markets, Whole Food Markets, Holiday Markets and some other fine specialty retailers. Um, And then we're on Facebook and Twitter. And you can email us at info at citygirlsoap.com. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, email this link, bonfiresofsocialenterprise.com, to a friend and help spread the word. Music by Dan Castle and Thomas Rojo. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Rami Jingress and are copywritten 2015 Jingress Global LLC and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Jingress Global LLC.